What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. For those of you watching online, we're so glad that you guys are connected with us. I mean, I, I hope that you can feel God's presence. Our worship team does an amazing job. They usher in God's presence and the Holy Spirit's here. Absolutely. It's incredible. And they're, and they're setting you up. Like they're setting you up, getting you hyped up for Jesus because Pastor Aaron's coming in and I got a punch in the gut for you today. So I hope that you're ready. I hope that you're excited about that. We're in a series called Dollars and Cents. And so we're talking about money. We're talking about resources. We're gonna have a good time. I won't be, I won't punch you too hard. I promise. I'll, I'll go light. I'll be gentle. But I, I'm so excited about it. I actually enjoy talking about money. And sometimes people go, well, you, you probably have money. That's why you like talking about money because right now you're going, well, I don't have any money. I don't, my, my, my pockets are empty. My resources are down. The, the bank account's at zero. I, I need to make some money because I got to cover some bills. So if I say, hey, we're talking about money, you're going, no, please don't talk about money. And especially if you're brand new to Grace Church, this is your first Sunday, like welcome. You're going, no, I showed up on this Sunday. You're talking about money. This stinks. I want to come next week. We're talking about money again next week. So I'm just, it's, it's a it's, it's awesome. Like God's doing such good stuff. We're so excited about it. But I know anytime you talk about finances and resources, a lot of people see it as a touchy thing, a touchy subject. Some people like hate it because you're going, man, I've made so many poor choices. Right now, what, I'm in a struggle, I'm in a battle, and you don't like it. You feel like the enemy has continued to beat you down. Maybe you're in a place of guilt and shame because of some of those past decisions, or maybe you're the opposite of that, where you're, you're struggling with greed. You're going, I gotta get more, I want more, and, and earn more. And, and so today I wanna address something that I feel is very, very important, where I wanna talk about some of the lies that culture imposes on us. So lies that, th that, that com our community, that people, businesses, marketing agencies will share with us regarding our finances and how we go about our decision-making process. Because I have, I have something really, really important to share like in this whole message, but if we go after culture, then we end up with culture-type results. So if we listen to others about what we're supposed to do, then we're going to have culture-like examples and stories about our finances. But if we go after the Lord and we go after biblical wisdom, regarding finances and resources, I believe that we will have divine results. That's what I'm going after today. And it's so important. And so if y'all would pray with me right now, let's, let's go before the Lord and ask that he would share. And so Lord God, we do ask that you would speak. Lord, would you communicate through your word, through your scripture, through your Holy Spirit. God, we recognize we're walking into this place about money and resources and Lord, everything is yours. We, we make that proclamation and we know it to be true, but we struggle with it. So Lord, there's areas in our life that we need to make some adjustments. So God, would you communicate truth that combat those lies that we're gonna deal with, Lord, but ultimately we want you. We want you more than anything, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I have a few different lies that I wanna address and talk through in this message and certainly some scripture that we're gonna dive into that's very applicable. So the first lie that I wanna share with you that culture gives is that you'll be happy if you buy blank. And so what's the blank? Like what's the, what's the fill in the blank for you? And it, it, it could be anything. It could be depending on your age, your, your, your economic status. You, you could be like, I need that blank to be pay off my student loans or I wanna buy a car, or, you know, whatever it might be. You're, you're going, hey, it would really be awesome if we got into a house. 
I'm in an apartment that I'm paying too much for and and it would be awesome to, to get a place. I really, really would be happy just to have a place to live. Or maybe it's some clothes. Maybe you're into fashion and you're going, man, there's these new styles. I want a whole new wardrobe or, you know, what? I'd be happy with all new clothes. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're into tech stuff and, and TVs and you're going, I want one of those TVs that it takes me and my buddy to carry into the house. It's so big, it covers the whole wall. You know, it's 85 inches or whatever. And you're going, I would be happy just to have the largest TV that I've ever seen in my life. And so what happens is, it's like, I just, there's this lie that culture has shared and communicated with us. And what it's done is it's caused us to focus on our stuff. It's caused us to focus on our possessions and our items that we own. Now, I am not against stuff. I am not against having nice stuff, but I am against when your nice stuff has you. And there's a big difference There's a line that has to be crossed where we understand that. Because when you read in scripture, it talks about debt and it talks about the weight of debt and carrying it. It talks about the the aspect that it becomes like bondage where we're literally in change. And so I'm a big visual aid person. And so I brought the best visual aid and also the heaviest visual aid that I've ever brought on stage. So I have this, this this is the terminology when it talks about debt that we're a slave, that we're in bonds, it's like a chain. And man, I ain't kidding you, this sucker is heavy. I mean, can you imagine this thing like wrapped around your neck? And some of you, you're like held in chains and you're like trying to stay above water. And it's so hard, it's so difficult. It's a challenge that you're facing. And so when you have just the visual aid and the understanding that, that debt brings in that bondage and the chains that just, We have to recognize that it's not gonna work in our life because we've incurred so much debt sometimes that there's no margin, there's no opportunity for other stuff. So I don't know what your story is. I'll just share some examples that might resonate with you because I've talked with a few people along the way and and I've talked with people that they go, my student loans, my student loans kill me every single month. Like it's terrible, it's awful, it's so hard. Or maybe it's car debt. You're going, I don't have one car, but I'm in a larger family. I got three car you know, payments that we make every single month. And, and the insurance on top of that, it could be that you hit hard times and you, and you sought out a, a payday advance loan and you're going, oh, it's killing me, that percentage. I, I just, I needed to get by in that moment. But now it's just, it's like a weight, it's this burden. And unfortunately for many of us that it's just, it's drowning us and we're suffering. So we're gonna address some of the reasons why that takes place and and combat those and experience some truth because far too often culture is communicating that our identity is wrapped up in our possessions. That in order to feel good, to feel happy, you have to have certain things. And that if you wanna be happy, if you have to have this and that, and it's just, it's not the truth. And so in fact, in scripture, Jesus taught this in Matthew six, he says, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. And you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved. That's the word bondage, that's chains to money. And so culture's going to continue to promote that our identity and our purpose is found 
in possessions, in items, because that's their job. Like they might be part of marketing or whatever. So their job is to get us to buy stuff, to spend our money. So I I have the reality that I want to share with you that there's external pressures and there's also internal pressure. So they're going to put out commercials and advertisement. We all are fully aware that they target us depending on the things that we say to Siri, that we type online, literally, how many times have we go or said, I just talked about that and now it's on my social feed. I mean, we know it's reality. You're not gonna, you're not gonna fight against it, it's, it's happening. So there's constantly external pressures that are occurring. I wanna address some of the internal pressures because we see it, we feel it, and then something happens inside. Right? It's inside of us where we go, man, I really would like that new jacket, that cute new purse. And I mean, it's just like that feeling that would make us feel that way. And then there's this demonic word called upgrade. Are y'all familiar with upgrade? If you're in sales, like we love you with the love of Christ, but you tempt us so bad with this upgrade. And so, you know, just to, just to share an example, you know, I have an iPhone. And some of you are like, great, buddy, like way to go. I have an Android, so what? Uh, I have an iPhone 6. (laughs) So here's why I want to use that example. It's so relevant. It's so good. So... What did you just think and what did you just feel? So we're going to talk about internal pressure, right? What did you just think and what did you feel? Did you think like, oh, Pastor Aaron, he's on his pastor's salary. Like maybe one day when he becomes a big boy, he'll have the phone with the three cameras on the back. And, you know, and so what happens is, you know, our culture does a very good job at promoting that the feeling of happiness comes from a possession, a thing, an item. But there's an underlying lie that we have to identify, and it's comparison. Now, this is, I'm not speaking judgment on you for laughing and clapping for my iPhone 6. I actually appreciate it. I'm proud of my phone. And, but what happens is maybe, just maybe, what we think and feel is related to comparison. So let me just share another example. Maybe you're on social and one of your friends or somebody you know, they go on this vacation. You know, they go on a cruise and you're like, man, that must be nice. Like here I am trying to pay my loans and pay my debt and scrape enough together, you know, to buy groceries. And there they go on another cruise. So there's a feeling with that, right? Maybe you see somebody that drives a nice car and you go, man, it must be nice. I wish, I wish I could have a car like that. Or did you see her purse? I saw her from all the way across the room. She like had that purse and I knew exactly what it was. I've seen it. I know how much it costs. Like I, I saw it. Or you see the, the, the family that they post online, right? The family photos and, you're, and you know, and they list out the photographer's name and all the pictures are ridiculous. They went to Bali for family photos and you're going, what in the world? It's incredible. And so here's the depth of what I wanna share with you. It's that comparison causes us to feel inferior or superior and neither of those honor the Lord. 
And that's hard because I believe naturally we're going to compare. It takes a lot of discipline not to. So you felt something and I'm not judging you. I, I really could care less, but you either felt he has an iPhone six, like that's lame. Or, you know, are you going, oh, you know, you felt bad for me or whatever it is. So that superiority or the inferiority happens when we compare. Galatians chapter one, verse 10 says this. It says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. That, that is a power packed verse. That's so intense. Because so naturally we're going to notice what other people have. We are, we're just, I think naturally we see, we recognize it, but what happens after that? Do you get prideful and say, you know, look at them or do you get jealous and go, man, I wish, what's your response after that? Because both of those are comparison and we have to be really careful with that. Because usually we don't truly know the full story of the person that we're comparing ourselves to. We don't, we don't know all the story, all the things that are going on. So at what expense did they go to, to get that Range Rover that they're now driving to work that you see in the, in the parking lot at work, or you see in the driveway because you live in their neighborhood? At what expense did they go? Maybe now, maybe just maybe, I don't know, just randomly though, what if now they're broke? They go, yeah, we got a nice car, but we, we got nothing else. Like if, if, we, if I miss a, a paycheck, that, that bad boy is going back. Like it is not gonna work. It could be significant debt that they incurred to have that vehicle. It could be if they're married, that there was a fight with their spouse and the spouse is going, you wanna buy what? Are you kidding me? That's a, this is a terrible time for that. You have no idea the whole story of what's going on. In fact, when you, when you look at some of the statistics with finances and resources, Google provides you know, some research and, and they say, hey, that there's about 61% of people that live paycheck to paycheck. So missing a paycheck is a big deal for over half. And then 51% of people have less than three months of savings of a contingency fund or a rainy day fund, where if they come on hard times, they don't have a lot of margin and can't make it very long. Now, both of those are over half. So don't look at the person next to you and ask them like, that ain't cool. But what happens is we compare. We compare our life with everybody else's life. We look at their lifestyle, we look at their clothing and we go, man, they just must, must make a lot of money. They probably have a, little, a big salary and all this stuff. And that is not always necessarily true. You see their hairstyle after they come out of the salon and you're going, wow, you know, I wish I could go there, you know, and get, get all the foils and all the tips and the stuff. And I mean, they, 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 maybe you have boat envy. You know, you're going, gosh, it'd be nice. I mean, you have a boat. Do you know how much of a luxury that is? But yet just naturally, we go, gosh, man, it'd be nice to have a 26 footer instead of a 22. And I, I know, like I have friends that have both, I, that's part of the deal. And so how do we continue to combat that? So number one, don't ever go on social media. Like social media is like the, where the devil works in that. And he, social media promotes comparison big time. 
I mean, you, you have the, the picture of the family and they're perfect. The, the little girls have bows in their hair and the little boy's got a, a bow tie on. You're going, what in the world? Like my kid just threw up on himself and the, 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 they take a picture of the remodeled kitchen. You know, oh, we're not getting ready to sell. We just wanted to do this for us. Like, I hate you. It's like, serious. <laughs> There's no picture ever of the screaming kid the blowout diaper, the outdated, you know, outdated decor, never, you know, hey, look at me with my 70s model, you know, kitchen stuff. Like, no way, that's 50 years old. Like, you, you would be shamed forever. And so we just don't do that. And so the reason I bring all that up is because there's something deeper going on. One, yes, it's comparison. Two, two we don't know their story, but so often, we're comparing ourselves with what people spend, but it's possible that they're funding a facade. They are spending money that they don't have to show this fake life. That's not true. And I realize in a, in a room this large, I might, I might have just stepped on your toes a little bit and I'm okay with it. I hope you are too, because you know if something happens, if something goes awry, you know, your debt to income ratio is, is off. And, and so I'm here to bring you back in alignment, bring you into God's word, having biblical wisdom. Because sometimes like we're, you're broke, like we're broke, we're empty, we're struggling, but we give the appearance of the opposite. And it's like wearing a mask. And so those of us that compare ourselves, we're comparing ourselves to a lie, something that's not even true. And so what I wanna do is I wanna give some ways to combat that lie, right? So if I would be happy if I had this. So here's some ways, that, some strategies that we can combat those things when those thoughts and feelings come up. So one of them is to have gratitude. So instead of comparison, I believe that we can have gratitude. And so gratitude is more than being thankful, right? It's more than being thankful than for what we have. It's actually appreciating to the Lord what he's entrusted to us. Right, so I can be thankful for my stuff, but I, I believe that gratitude is deeper than that. It's like, God, you know, you've given me these things. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I have a, a strong verse I wanna share with you. It's Psalm nine, verse one. It says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things that you have done. Do you tell? Do you tell all the wonderful things that he's done in your life? You know, with gratitude, with thanks, with appreciation, with praise towards him that he's entrusted with you. One of the other things that's a little bit of a struggle where we battle with having gratitude is we think we own our stuff. So one of the things that's a little curious to me, why, why do we think we own anything? It's like, well, I paid it off. And do you know that if you missed a payment or if something happened to you, all of your stuff, all of our stuff can get taken away, all of it whether it's a lawsuit or tax fraud or whatever it is, you know, something can happen where every single asset that we have can be taken from us. And we've always heard the cliche that, hey, you can't take anything with you when you go. We've heard that a million times, <laughs> but we don't believe it. And we don't live like that's actually true. So I'm praying and believing, this was my heart in all this, uh, I'm praying and believing that we can get to this place where we view our money and our possessions as a heart issue. It's not about the stuff, 
and the appearance, it literally cuts deep into our soul and who we are. So do you appreciate and have gratitude for the 15-year-old car that has 200,000 miles on it, you know, that's got three hubcaps and not four, and you pull into work and you're like, uh, feel a little awkward. Do you, are you thankful? Are you, do you have gratitude for that vehicle? Are you, are you thankful for your small apartment that you're overpaying for now? Uh, you know, are you thankful for the, for the two, two that you're in and you, and you have, uh, you know, a kid or two and you're going, if we have another kid, like this ain't gonna work. Are you, do you have gratitude for what the Lord has already given you? Are you okay with eating at home instead of eating out as much? Because I believe like we can be thankful and appreciative and have gratitude and we can live in that. And there's an incredible thing that happens when we have that. We actually move to a place of humility. So humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's actually thinking of yourself less. Did you get that? So we live in such a me-centered culture. Everything is about us. And, and if we're honest, we like it. We, we like it. It makes us feel good. Who wouldn't want everything to be about them? We're a little bit self-centered. I get it. But man, I, I think sometimes we cross over that line where we're not only self-centered, but we become overly selfish and greedy uh, with what we want. And, but we have to get to this place where we realize life is not all about us. And so I have this kind of question. What if we got to the place where we allowed God to use us to meet the needs of others. And then we also trusted him to be responsible to meet our needs. I think that's a beautiful place. It takes a lot of humility to get there, but what if, like it says in scripture, that the things that God gives to us, that he supplies for us, and that we can then also meet the needs of other people. I wanna share with you Philippians 4.19. It says that same thing. It says, this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So what if we actually believed and trusted that God's responsible to meet our needs and then we then in turn can help to meet the need of another person. So we have gratitude, we have humility, and then we get to this amazing place called contentment. Contentment is very freeing. It's very liberating. There is no heaviness of a chain of, of, of weight that comes with contentment. Contentment is not apathy though. Please understand like you can, be, you can be a purposeful person and be driven and have passion and yet still be content with where God has you right now. So it's the idea and the understanding with if I have a little bit, I'm still content. It's the season I'm in right now. If I have a lot, if I have some affluence, I'm content because God has given me those resources. So in 1 Timothy 6, 6, it says this, it says, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. And so when culture says, you need this, you've got to upgrade your phone, like you've got to, you can't pull that phone out like in public. You need the one that folds in half. Like, and, and like you, you've got to have that. How else are you gonna get a good picture? Like you, you can't do it without one of those. You need to. What if we got to the point where we said, no, I don't. Now, they are gonna force me 
to get a new phone because apparently my data contract is outdated within months and 3G is not a thing anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my phone's not tech supported anymore. You have an iPhone, what? <laughs> All right, so what's, what's the blank for you? I'd be happy if I had blank. So let's speak some truth. Let's understand the reality of what we can have and what really we shouldn't have in our life and, and make those decisions according to God's word. The second thing I wanna share with you, the second lie is that you don't need anyone else. Gosh, th this, the enemy continues to speak this over us where culture will applaud self-reliance. Isn't that true? I can do it on my own. I can make enough money to pay for my things. I can have enough money to buy the extra stuff that I want. That's self-reliance. And I get it. Like I totally understand. Like I'm all about empowerment, but God says something very different. In fact, he actually designed us so that we would be dependent, so that we would be fully dependent upon him. God, I need you to provide everything, my needs, my, my relationships, me and who I am, my spirituality. God, I need you. And do you recognize that he designed us that way? Then also to have relationships. God, I need you. And we need to be in connection with other people. And so I just, I wanna speak just briefly to, to married couples a little bit. So married couples, like you've got to be on the same trajectory with your finances. It is difficult to get ahead if your spouse is heading in the opposite direction as you. It's hard, it's, it makes it so challenging. And so one of the things that I share when I do counseling or premarital counseling, I say, you need to have joint accounts. What? You don't even know what you're talking about. All that other stuff you said was great, but that joint account thing, I don't know. Like, I, it, it works for us better to have them separate because I have my account and my things and then they have their account and they have their things. And like, it works for us, Pastor Aaron. You don't even realize. And, and sometimes people go, well, I don't know that that's there. I actually make more than they do. It doesn't matter, male or female. I make more than they do. So I actually should have the opportunity to buy what I want. And they, they want to make more to buy the things that they want. They can go make more. They should not impose that on me. And then speaking directly to females, I don't need to be dependent upon a man. I'm supposed to stand up for my womanhood. I don't need him for anything. I can do it on my own and I can handle it. I just, in a marriage ceremony, when the officiant says, officiant of the, the ceremony says that two shall be joined together. I believe that that's finances as well. I believe it's money too, where it's all interlocked. Your lives are now intertwined with one another. And there is, it's so true that money is one of the top reasons and causes for separation and or divorce, finances. And so here's my challenge. Don't let it be for you. If you're married, don't let it be for you. If you're a single parent and you're looking to get married, money, don't, don't let that be a problem. If you're young and you're hoping to be married one day, money cannot, you, you, you cannot allow that to be one of the dividing factors in your relationship. So simply, you follow a budget. Doesn't matter you know, who you are, marry your status, follow the budget. Young adult, like you've got to have it and make out a plan. And, and usually in a marriage though, the thing that's interesting is one of the two will like budgeting better. 
So it's like, hey, honey, let, let's get together and have our finance meeting. I'll get the spreadsheet. Ugh, get a chain and wrap it around my head. I'd rather die, you know, than sit down and, and do that. And, you know, hey, I was, I was looking at QuickBooks and we're a little over budget in this one area and we can make an adjustment here. Hey, we're into Microsoft money and come on, we, we need to do this. Uh, I would encourage you. So Dave Ramsey has Financial Peace University. They have a, a program called Every Dollar. Every dollar has a place. Every dollar has a spot. But when you go, oh, like sometimes it's hard. <laughs> that was so on cue. <laughs> So in a relationship, generally what you have is you have this, you have someone that's a spender and then someone that's a saver. Okay, no, no elbows. I know like elbows are flying right now. I, I get it. And, and so some people are really good at purchasing things. Um, my wife is out of town, but I, and so I, I try not to say things behind her back, but we're online and so everything's public. She, I, she is... She, I'm not even kidding you, she is a professional shopper. Homegirl can buy some stuff and she is good. Now she, she's, she's also, she loves a bargain and I love that about her because if not, we would be so broke. Uh, but I'm a saver. I'm like, no, turn the AC up to 87. Like we can make it through the summer. <laughs> so, you know, spenders and savers and and then also some, some are more experience driven, right? Where you go, hey, let, let's go do this thing and the stuff and, and we'll, we'll create memories together. And then others are more items focused. And well, if we can do that, that'd be great. But all we'd have is a picture that you post and you pull down, it comes off your story within 24 hours. But if we buy something, then we can have it. And it's more of an asset or a resource that we can use. So it's just a mindset, right? I'm just, I'm just speaking out the truth. And so I need you to lean into this. Don't shy away. Honestly, I don't care where you're at financially. My challenge to you is to take a step into what God is saying in his word and take a step forward. Don't go backwards. Don't go back to the old way. Now have a change in what God is doing and how he's saying it. It doesn't matter where you're at, single, married, college student. Come on, let's do this. I want you to have dreams. I want you to have goals and aspirations, but we have to acknowledge sometimes we're combating against fear. We're combating against a, a mindset of lack. We're combating against a poverty mindset. It's the fear of not having. And it's just, it's reality that, that we've got to address. And so please understand, like we absolutely, at the end of every single service, we have a prayer team up front where we can do ministry. It, like, it, you know, sometimes people go, oh, I don't wanna walk up because then they'll think I don't have anything. And man, I'll tell you what, there's people, like you struggle with greed and pride and you need to come up. Like, cause God's presence is here and he's breaking us free. And, so, and some of you, you're more affluent and you're a business leader, you have a big decision coming up and you're going, my company might double in a year. And how awesome would it be to have God just bring this incredible anointing of wisdom, a, a just entrepreneurial mindset. Th that's what's at the altar. And so please don't be judgmental or be afraid to come forward because we've got to combat those and, and, and truly receive from the Lord. The third lie that I want to share is that you are your mistake. The truth is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. But we've all made mistakes with money, every single one of us. Some of you are in bankruptcy now, or you just came out of it, or you've experienced that previously. We've all experienced 
what they call buyer's remorse, right? You purchase something and you go, oh, I shouldn't have done that or, or overpaying, overpaying for a particular item. So I, I shared last week that a couple of years ago, we sold our house, we got a new house. And so we went into the new house and we, we created a budget to, to buy some new appliances for the kitchen. And so uh, we didn't need to replace them all, but a couple of them absolutely needed to. So, you know, we went to the store, looked at what do we, what do we want and that kind of thing. So we put, in, we put in a new kitchen oven. This wasn't just an oven though, this was a range. This, it like has really pretty sounds. It's not the eh, 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 when your food is done, it's like, you know, it's, it, you're going, I just, I feel like I'm walking in a meadow and just the, all the food's going, it's just, so we got a range, but I, I, ain't, I ain't kidding. A few months later, I walked into that same store and I walked through the appliance aisle because I was going to get another thing. And I saw my range that I bought and it was on sale. It was hundreds of dollars less than what I paid for it. And I was like, I want my money back. Give me my money, come on. Like I, I paid more than what it was now. And man, I was, I was upset. It took me like a day and a half to get over it. Now, every time I walk by my range, I'm like, Ugh. like you, you better make good noises. So, so often though, we, we get our identity wrapped up, you know, in our things and our stuff. And, and there's this phrase, called net worth. Uh, if you're not familiar with net worth, I would encourage you like, let's go big picture, let's go high level leadership. So net worth is simply the things that you own minus what you owe. So if I own a car that's worth $10,000, but I owe 9,000 on that car, my net worth is plus 1,000 on that vehicle. Right, makes sense, okay. so. Unfortunately though, with our money and our resources, our value and identity gets wrapped up in net worth, but that doesn't determine our value. Unfortunately, some of us have made some poor financial decisions and some of us have allowed that to define who we are. That's why we think the way that we do. That's why we're processing. That's why this message might even be really hard for you to hear and I get it, but that does not determine who you are. It never does. God is the one who determines your value and who you are. I mean, we've got to get that. We've got to understand. When I read in scripture, when I put my faith in Christ, that I experienced salvation in this new life, and now I become a child of God, a child of the King. Do you know what that makes us? It makes us royalty. It says clearly that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what we are. That's our identity. And so we've got to address the guilt from past decisions that we've made that is such a struggle and a battle. So you are not who those financial decisions have made you to be, who you think you are. The truth is the reality that you're a child of God and a child of the King. The final lie I wanna touch on, it was really popular several years ago, but we gotta talk about it. It's, it's YOLO, it's you only live once. And so we think, oh, like we see the advertisement, we, we identify something that we want and when do we want it? <laughs> Now, I, I, like three days shipping? Are you kidding me? Like, the, no way, Where, what other site can I go to, please? I mean, instant gratification, I even believe, this is gonna sound a little bit dramatic, but I, I believe instant gratification has become almost like an epidemic that we seriously expect and feel like we deserve everything in this moment and immediately. And that's just not the case. 
I wanna share with you a passage of scripture. Uh, you might wanna jot this one down. Read it along with me. It's 1 John chapter 2, starting in 15. It says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And so we've got to take passages like that and allow them to determine who we are, allow them to determine our trajectory, allow them to give us an understanding of it's not all about right now. In fact, right now we know at some point in time, like this, is, this isn't gonna be where we are. So the whole idea of you only live once, I actually believe that we live twice. I believe we have this time here on earth and then we have time in eternity. An extremely important concept for us to understand. And so stop believing the lies that the enemy is using to persuade us regarding money and finance and purchase and our identity. It's like, no, no, no. We need to have our perspective and our understanding on things of the Lord and who He is and acknowledging that. Because we have a relationship with our money. We do. In this whole message, I talked multiple times about our emotions, our feelings, and our thoughts regarding our finances. That's why Jesus talked about money so much. So much of the New Testament and Old Testament is about, is about finances and managing them because we have a relationship with our money. So my question is, what does your relationship look like? And if you're here and you don't yet have a relationship with Christ, that's the most important thing. Because in that verse that I just read in, in 1 John, it's very clear that at some point in time, eternity comes. And, and so we either have eternity in heaven because of Jesus or eternity in hell because we have not surrendered our life over to him. And so if that's you, I, I, hope, I hope you get the money stuff, that's great. But I need you to recognize the spiritual aspect of what's going on and that Jesus truly is God's son. He really did come and he died on the cross so you and I could be saved from eternity in hell. That's the game changer. That's the difference. And then God begins to work with us and grow us and mature us. And so if that's you, like maybe you need to reconnect with the Lord or it doesn't matter where, if, if you're here in the auditorium or you're watching online, I believe that God is in this moment and that your life can literally change. And so in just a second, I'm gonna ask, you to just slip your hand up and acknowledge that. Uh, but I don't want you to feel embarrassed or anything uh, because this truly is between you and the Lord. So if everybody here in the auditorium, if y'all do me a favor, just bow your head and close your eyes. Uh, just nobody looking around because I, I feel like, you know, this whole message is, was pretty strong, you know, dollars and cents and, and, and acknowledging lies that, that culture, you know, shares with us. But there's a, a supernatural thing taking place where some of us know that we need to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And so if that's you, if you could do me a favor, just go ahead and slip your hand up. Just say, yep, Pastor Aaron, you got me. You know, it was the, the money stuff was funny. You made me laugh, but I, I need to get right with God. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Several hands going up. I promise you're not the only one. Yeah, if you're watching online, you can respond. I said yes to Jesus. Like this is a big deal. It's a big, big moment for us. You can go ahead and slip your hands down. So what I wanna do now is I'm gonna pray a prayer and I would just invite you to pray this along with me. You can repeat the words after me. It's not that my words are special or magical or anything. It's just, it's just acknowledging in our heart, our need for the Lord. And then I'll pray a blessing over all of us regarding our finances. And, and so if you raised your hand or you know you need to commit, make a commitment to follow Jesus, would you pray something like this? Maybe you say, God, I know I need you. God, I, I, I'm desperate for you. My life is struggling and, and, I, and I need answers. I need a solution. And thank you so much for providing Jesus as that solution. And so Jesus, right now, I put my faith in you. I, I confess that I need you and I surrender everything to you. All of my past, my struggles, my current situation, and Lord, even my future, I put it all in your hands. And Lord, I do ask that you would forgive me because I've, I've made some decisions that I'm not proud of and I'm struggling with the guilt and the shame. Would you bring forgiveness in my life and cleansing? And I need it. Lord, would you give me a fresh start and a new beginning, a new life in you, that all of those old things would be gone. And I'm looking forward to the future and my eternity with you in heaven. And Father, I also want to pray just a, a pastoral blessing over every single person that's listening to this message. I believe that you truly work in divine, supernatural ways. Lord, you are the God of the miraculous. You're the God of the amazing. You're the God that causes us to be awestruck. And so Lord, I pray right now, those of us that are struggling with the chains of debt, that we would be able to address those, that you would help us to be good stewards and to be able to tackle those and, and to be released of those bonds. Lord, those of us that are in a situation where we have a little bit more opportunity, a little bit more affluence, God, that you would give us wisdom and, and direction and discernment, that you would help us to be generous towards those that are in need. But Lord, I pray for divine wisdom for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for those that are looking towards mergers and, 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 and connecting uh, businesses uh, Lord, that then buying out other businesses to advance and to move forward. Lord, I pray for divine opportunity and your direction, God, partnerships. Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would do something amazing. Lord, your, Lord, your wisdom, your scripture, your word, the truth about who you are. Lord, combating those lies and pushing them aside and moving forward towards something that's amazing. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.